0: welcome back all right guys i'm sorry i have to interrupt the normal intro i and alex we are so beyond excited (sighs) oh my god it's
1: it's, it's happening again
0: it's happening today we stand on the precipice of the infinite black abyss
1: that is october
0: on the film alchemist podcast right so you guys know the deal 31 pods 31 days this year we have gone Above and beyond to get as many awesome guests as we can. We have some new films we'll be covering in the theater. Uh, But we start. We are covering the entire Child's Play series. So, again, this is kind of our Play Things of Evil curation. Uh, Again, the the podness, the madness, whatever the words are. I'm so excited. I'm so excited. So, guys, again, this is a lot of episodes. We've been trying to let you guys know. Don't snooze us. Don't lose us. I know it's a lot of episodes. Uh, thank you for being with us on this journey. We couldn't be more excited. We think this will be our biggest and best year yet.
1: It already has been. Honestly, you guys have made things so awesome already. And doing another Horror obese is just icing on the cake as far as I'm concerned.
0: And also, guys, if you're not already a little business. Sorry, guys. You know the deal. I got to do a little bit before we have our playtime. If you guys haven't yet, yeah, you can go to patreon.com and uh, contribute to our show. You can join our Patreon community, right? Become one of us in the alchemy, alchemy den. On our Patreon, you have the ability, two of our episodes of these 31 will be voted on and selected from our uh, Patreon patrons, 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 patrons. So you guys will have a voice in uh, what we're doing over there. So again, patreon.com slash film pod you guys can get in for as little as a dollar a month join the community make your vote heard for a little bit more at various tiers you can begin to pick the episodes you want whatever that is uh, you guys can decide how much you're uh, able and willing to help us out and we will reward you with a content bonanza we're always trying to come up with new content for you guys so thank you to our patrons already and we hope that we are now talking to many more of you uh patrons soon to be so welcome and we're excited uh you can help us for free by going to uh wherever you find the show leave us a five star leave us a rating and review a uh, couple sentences five stars helps us defeat the algorithmic serial killing voodoo ah. dolls uh that oppress us right this is a great way to help us uh, find new audience Find new like-minded alchemists to bring into the fold. So thank you guys. Make sure you go to YouTube, subscribe to our channel, Film Alchemist. You can find video versions of most of our pods there, along with uh, other content that we're always working on bringing you over there. It's a good time. You can email the show, FilmAlchemistPod at gmail.com. That's a great way to just get a hold of me and Alex. If you guys just want to talk, tell us what you think of the show, movies you'd like to hear covered. Hit us up, guys. We read everything. True. We appreciate that. We're also on all the socials you're on. Get a hold of us. Reach out. We're there. You're there. Let's party. All right. Enough business. Alex, we decided to start this off biggest month in the abyss yet uh, with the series Child's Play. I think Child's Play is the most consistently underappreciated horror movie series. I think on a per-entry basis. It has about as high of quality across the board as any other major horror franchise. I would argue that almost every single entry is its own weird, delightful joy. I think Chucky, as voiced by Bradley Dorff, is an all-time villain. It's a perfect mixing of animatronics and absurdity and madness and actor. And they're just this amazing, weird thing. The, The biggest paradox at the heart of chucky which is most exemplified in child's play is that there's no fucking way this movie and this series should work it's an impossibility on paper right (laughs) and i grew up in the era where this was a thing right with the teddy ruxpins and all that oh yeah it's an impossibility on paper to me that this movie should work and have become as beloved and enormous as it did but here we fucking are all these years later, Alex. Yep. Hit me with your opening thoughts on child's play.
1: I agree with everything you said. I think child's play is a shockingly underrated entry into the horror abyss. We currently are living in for the month of October, but overall (laughs) I think that like there is nothing more terrifying in my opinion than things that should not be terrifying trying to kill you <laughs> like that's just like that is human nature like we never assume that's like the idea of like like the stepfather and parents in general we never assume our parents are going to try to kill us sometimes they do in these movies we never assume our toys are going to kill us i can tell you right now tonight i put my kid to bed with his favorite stuffed animal and thought to myself do i let him sleep with a stuffed animal tonight legitimately yeah. after watching this movie i had that thought simply because Child's play is that kind of movie and the whole series at large is just one of those things that is an evergreen, uh, shockingly evergreen in my opinion. Uh, because yeah, the elevator pitch is insane. Like Don Mancini is a fucking genius. Like whatever the, like imagine this is literally like, so you got an idea for a movie? Yeah. What's it called? Child's play like that title. Uh, what's the movie about exactly? Well, it's about a man who voodoo's himself into a doll and then starts murdering people
0: like a tough doll, like a, like a WWE wrestling Yeah, like buddy? a wrestling no, doll, like, no. well, like
1: small soldiers, right? No, no, no. It's like, like a little Teddy Ruxpin type thing. Get out, get out of my office. I don't, I don't, I don't want to see you ever again. Get out of my office. That's a JBS that that raggedy and
0: cabbage patch. <laughs> but I think what is funny too, is like you watch it now and it, it's just, it's insane. It's it's fucking insane. But not only that Oh, it's it is it's this, nuts. There's stuff it's this that makes absolute no sense. assault on the nuclear family. Right? Which is something I never thought about. Oh, yeah. The first time I saw Child's Play, it's the first great scare of my life. I saw Child's Play. Many of you who listen to this show know I had a bit of a not the most on his game father for a while in my early life. And he used to have to go to the bars every weekend he had us, right? Just scheduling, right? (laughs) And so my babysitter became Joe Bob and Monster Vision. Sometimes it's a kerfuffle. Yeah, you know, adults, right? It's hard to make things mad. So my babysitter became Joe Bob, Monster Vision, (laughs) and whatever VHSs he picked out. And him and my aunt were big horror movie people. And when they'd go to the bar, we'd just get left with tapes. And you'd just see a tape with the doll on it. And you're like, something feels wrong and off about this, but it's got to be for me. It's a doll, right? Like, I have dolls. This will be great. And I turned this movie on, and I was no more than six years old, right? And I put this in the VHS and watched it. And it fucking scarred me so deeply. I remember running to my grandparents' room and crying, and they had to put on Puff the Magic Dragon to to try to bring me back, right? Try to level me out. And it was this truly scarring event. And I don't know that that's even what this movie, the audience it's going for is like, we'll lure in kids and scare the shit out of them. But that's the unintended consequence. Watching it now as an older guy with a family and myself, you are struck by the hatred of the concept of the nuclear family, the leave it to beaver family and how that has failed. And that really leapt off the screen at me. Well, it's really interesting,
1: like, I didn't realize this movie was made in 1988. I thought this movie was made, like, towards the beginning of the 80s. The fact that it's made in 1988 is really fascinating to me, because, like, we're getting towards, we're getting at the end of the 80s, we're just getting into the 90s and that kind of thing, and it's a really fascinating time capsule, because, like, yeah, like, uh, Andy and his mom are not, that is not a typical family you saw in these kinds of movies. Like, I mean, I can tell you right now, the first time I saw it, I was probably much younger than I should have been and did not understand where the dad was. Did they ever bring that up in the
0: movie? I I dead. missed it. If they did dead, they just said he's dead. Okay, they mentioned, cool. cause that's one of the, uh, when he's talking to Chucky, right? He's like, Chucky said he came from heaven where he knew daddy. And you're like, Oh God, that's right, like right. a really sly and fucking horrifying okay. way to I drop thought, that detail. I, I, I
1: couldn't this. remember if that was, I, I thought that was the case. Cause late, I remember I mean, it's
0: like 30 to 40 minutes into the film.
1: Yeah, because I remember Before it's like kind that. of a t- it's kind of a throwaway. But I like that a lot. Like I think like um oh shit. Uh the actress it's funny because honestly, uh I remember seeing this movie and I had completely forgotten that Catherine Hicks was the mom and then watching Seventh Heaven much yeah. later in life and realizing it's the same mother. I'm like, boy, does this track this is very uncomfortable? And realizing she it.
0: became a worse mother. She became She's the worst mother than of that. all time by
1: just like <laughs> instead of collecting dolls she just collected children and just ruined them
0: um bad children
1: but <laughs> <laughs> except Jessica Biel god bless her but no uh yeah, honestly like it's it's a really fascinating thing and like this really uh, it's pretty revolutionary to be honest with you like it's literally it's a single mom and her kid living in an apartment like a by the way a nice apartment in Chicago that place is like a historic landmark
0: by the way this is a different A Different era, right? But what, yeah, because that's the strange thing. And I don't know that this is the first film that did it, but this was a really big hit. Not the first, a lot of horror movies weren't crossing over, yeah. Like they had become you know VHS and cult classics, like they found their audience afterwards. This was kind of one of those, everyone was knowing and talking about child's play. What's fascinating that era,
1: what's fascinating is that, like, normally these kinds of like this kind of family setup, normally it's a major. It's a major plot point in the film. That's at least my experience. Like any kind of movie that sets up a, you know, single mother with a child, like normally it is a central plot point, it's a moment in the story itself. This is almost inconsequential. Like I think it's really fascinating that Catherine Hicks uh, uh Karen and Andy's like relationship is the central is the central piece. It's not there like combined grief over the loss of their parent, like, it's almost not mentioned. It's not mentioned. Like you said, it's like 30 to 40 minutes in. It's really interesting that that's how, the, that's how kind of this starts. You just are accepting the setup.
0: We are just watching it. Andy do shit. Like, I was like, is my six-year-old, would he even dare touch a toaster?
1: No, yeah, no, I thought the right? same thing.
0: So, shit like that, you're like, oh, damn. And they use it as a really cute way. Like, on his birthday, he's making his mom this really... Right. Funny child. Right. But anyway, what you find Very about the dad that's really funny. So, yeah. And the way they're just like, yeah, we'll just go ahead and murder the idea of families in this film real quick. Because <laughs> what it is, is the dad becomes this empty void yeah. to where not only are the burdens of both parents placed on her and that's used to interesting effect. But it creates this 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 movie is an attack on the idea that we were raised by TV. Because right. I had forgotten somewhat how branded the good guys were in this, right? He's watching the good guy show, dressed as a good guy, cereal. Right? cereal, and they're everywhere. They're yeah. fucking everywhere. And I forgot about the giant Chungus Chucky, right, who's on the show like, I'm Ozzy, get your yeah. dog. And I was like, imagine the, the cottage boutique industry of these characters who wake up the day and be like, wait, we're representing a fucking serial killer doll? Like, what does that that giant Barney Chungus Chucky do? When (laughs) he wakes up to that headline the next day, two cops go on record, good guys or bad guys. You know, that headline. (laughs) They should have started part two with the headline, good guys or bad guys. But anywho, it's so built in. And so the idea of, and they play this, right, that as the Chucky doll comes in, He becomes this replacement for father and mother when, you know, the lady gets hawked out the window and, you know, all that goes down. Hey, would you like to come sleep with me tonight? It's a pretty traumatic night. He's like, it's okay. I got Chucky. Right? Like, I got dad. You're a dad. You know that. It's like either they want one parent, mom or dad, and the other one can fuck off. Oh, totally. It's brutal. They nestle in. And then there's this thing that as the movie goes on, Andy and Chucky begin to be shot in the same way where – now you're watching your child become a product a branded product that you don't recognize the tv stole your boy totally and that was stuff that just all washed over me when i was younger i was just like ah toy scary
1: (laughs) yeah i mean i think that's the really interesting thing is this and that's what's great about child's play i think is the themes and the concept like concepts of just like it's a a serial killer stuck in a like honestly stuck in a in a in a in a doll a child's a child's toy, the, the concepts and themes are evergreen. Like you can never not have a really fascinating. I can't believe I just rhymed. I'm embarrassed by that. But like, well,
0: no, even just saying it out loud, I was like, fucking the lakeshore strangler becomes a cabbage, but it's just, it's, it's fucking, insane. It, it, it should, is laughable.
1: It, it should not work. There is absolutely yes. nothing on God's green earth. That should mean that it works. And yet we're enthralled. And we've seen how many, how many are we We're watching this. Like there's like, like there's eight, seven or eight
0: of them, eight or nine now. And they have a show coming out and yeah. a show.
1: Like there's so much to, there's so much, there's so much fodder to be had. And it's a fascinating thing to watch because like, <laughs> yeah like and it's terrifying like the scene when catherine even catherine hicks when karen finally like starts screaming at the doll and you're just like how as a parent like look i of course i get frustrated with my kid of course i yell at him like it's one of those <laughs> things where you're like how many times have you done that but like i've never done that to an inanimate object like having to do that and like honestly I thought about this when I was watching the movie. I wrote it down. I was like, "Is she actually yelling at the doll, or Is She yelling at herself for like not being a present parent? Like, you know, there's what she's yelling
0: at. She's yelling at the dad who's not there to help.
1: Ooh, her. okay, I see That's what, what I she's see that.
0: doing in that moment. But see that turn right there, and and the point you made is the exact point I want to get across in this podcast more than anything. Is that child's play is doing so much more than we remember. Chucky became and went on this trajectory because he was so popular and so cool rightly so all that's true he went down this freddy krueger he became a a fucking bugs bunny a looney tune totally he lost and as they went on they got more into the funniness of how he was attacking people and this and that this movie is really fucking scary at times that first scene when maggie's watching him and she has the She calls it the Home Alone willies I think. Mm-hmm. Right. The, the single white female thing. Right. Like, I'm right. here alone in this big city and who knows? And it's it's fucking you really understand that emotion. Right. They do a little hinting at the POV of Chucky. Something's going on. We kind of know. But she's just in the room and the TV turns back on. And then the kid's like, I didn't fucking do it. What do you? Chucky did it. Imagine being in someone else's house and you're like, oh, their kid's having a mental breakdown, but I've got to watch them for three more hours. That's great. <laughs> and then the news is on and the news is all about the serial killer. And the, the shots of her walking through that house, right, the apartment, and she's kind of looking and we're waiting for the bang. It's so perfectly crafted. The tension gets so fucking high. And again, when it shouldn't. Because that that funny thing we've always talked about when we start talking about horror movies and I'm always like, well, Child's Play is really good. And they're like, it's a fucking doll. Kick it. And you're like, yeah, like I get that part. But the movie doesn't fuck around with that, right? The movie is using these bigger concepts to scare us. And the doll's just part of that insanely fun elevator pitch, right? Right. But the first half of the movie is really fucking scary without kind of acknowledging the big you know, turd in the punch bowl. <laughs>
1: right. Well, I mean, and I think that what's interesting too, is the movie I thought about, cause I had totally,
0: honestly, i had forgotten a lot about. They blend in a lot. Yeah. Like I had forgotten. It
1: wasn't that like I had remembered a lot of, I had remembered the ending very well, but I had forgotten mm-hmm. a lot of these uh, interim parts. Like there's bits where I forgot that the strength Chucky has is the same strength he would have as an adult, which is interesting. And I was like, that is an interesting like say, but
0: his mass is still less than one pound. Because <laughs>
1: so it's very weird, right? Because I right? thought <laughs> about that too. I, well, this is the thing is like I thought about that too, and I was like, is this like? It's the unspoken part about like the voodoo magic is, is it like, you know, the center is your center of gravity the same as an adult's when you're a child's toy? Like I, I mean, again, again, it's like. It's almost
0: inconsequential because, like, you have to. This is what we always say, and this one has one of the big ones. You got to give them one. There's right. one little leap of logic that you got to tuck away. This is the leap of logic you have to give. The Doll for fighting, all you have to give movies. up on. That's never gonna be okay. You have for to give up on
1: the physics of Chucky because the physics yeah. of Chucky are never going to make sense. But like, yeah, it doesn't matter because that is that's what makes. When the, when the doll face stops looking like a doll face, like I, oh my God, there's as a kid that still scares the shit out of me. Like that face is terrifying. I don't care who you are. Like there's nothing more upsetting and more unnerving than
0: the Chucky face. Like, and that's the face we all remember him as. Totally. Yes. The funny thing is I was so impressed with how fucking scary they make a fucking dopey face, Chucky. Yeah. Oh, right. Yeah. So the the thing that struck me in this one, right, is you're like, this isn't a scary serial killer movie. Mm-hmm. This is scary because it's no one fucking believes me. Yes.
1: Movie. Oh no, it's like this right? whole boy who cries wolf thing. This is an thing. invasion it's of terrifying. the body snatcher
0: setup. Yeah. yeah. I know the truth and no one will tell me. So some of the scariest shit in the film, we know what's happening really early on, right? And they do the you know Chucky face. And we see the lady get hit with the good guys' hammer. Which, why the fuck are were kids' toys real hammers back then? Yeah. That's either here. There's or a right. lot.
1: Yeah, there's a lot of toy. The, the toy, the children's toys is like they. Yeah. Man, the 80s were amazing.
0: Yeah. Let me just say, the Good Guys Corporation had a body count before Chucky. Yeah. Became the Chuck Good Day, Guys right? Corporation
1: is like that Dan Aykroyd bit in SNL where you has got a bag of glass. You got a like bag of glass. Kids will love it. That's all I think of every time I see the Good Guys Corporation. I'm like, yeah, all oh, this and is bad.
0: Ah, uh, fuck it we'll make a commercial and a cartoon right this was our parents being afraid of ninja turtles and then having to go oh, oh my buy the god yes. and not go to ice in the t- store but but that doll becomes scary in the first scene where i was really fucking scared right so the mom won't listen to him she keeps being like stop telling lies he's a fucking murder suspect right we'll do a little bit more on the insane uh you know baby's day out segment of the movie where it's on the hell <laughs> besides that right she finds him in a police station yeah in watching her son she's like this is fucking serious right her good son the son that gave her breakfast in bed this good kid she sees him stand up and start hitting the doll and being like he's lying he's doing it on purpose that scene scared the fuck out of me today it might be the scariest scene in the movie because i was sitting there as a parent trying to imagine yeah What happens when your child who you love and raise and just one day before was a perfect little angel and you see them have a mental break and then a psychiatrist pops in, ha, we got you in our fucking psychiatric booby trap. We're taking your kid and you smash cut that with her walking into the house alone with Chucky under her arm. It's fucking horrifying, right? Then she has the yell at dad moment. And then they just hit us with one of those great horror turns. And that's when it starts becoming Chucky's movie. But that scene in the interrogation room, it's like this. Yeah. I love when horror movies age with me and new things become scary. Oh and no, this is that one is, of the best I've found.
1: That is by far the scariest moment. I, it is one of those things where you watch it and you're especially, as, I mean, only as a parent. like
0: Yeah, this is a we need to talk about Andy scene. And you're like, ah!
1: It's like the and it's it it wasn't even like it's scary it's scary in the sense of the sadness that kind of washes like the sadness that washed over me watching that you're just like yeah. this poor kid is just like shouting to the heavens for adults to believe him and no one's gonna believe him and like then on top of that like I and then I thought about it as like. How would I feel if I was in a fucking police station and they told me like your kid needs yeah. to go to like a home for like a couple of days while we decide whether or not you're like an unfit parent like that that yeah. scared me more than anything. It's like, oh, my God, like imagine being a single parent in a metro- metropolitan area. You have like the job you have like it's I. I it it broke my heart, man. Honestly, like yeah. that that was just it was more it was more depressing than it was anything like scary. I was just like, oh and my god! And imagine
0: that though, right? What you said is they're judging me. Imagine what fucking Andy's going through. Oh and yeah, he's really ska- going to be scarred by that more than the the murder. Mierder's probably because he knows the truth, right? He's like, oh fuck, my own mind. And that's what I had to ask myself. I'm like, would I? Be like, hey, cops! Can you fuck off? Since you're violating rights, left and like, yeah, left, right. Questioning
1: the kid without a parent present seems, yeah. Why not just give him a shot of Jack up and up. really
0: loosen him up? You <laughs> fucking chodes. And I was like, can you get the fuck out of here so I can talk to my son? and like my own son? Would I believe him if he said a toy came to? I spend my whole life saying, have an imagination, be creative. These toys are little avatars for you to fill up with your mind. And the thought that one of them isn't filled with his mind, but this fucking serial killer. You know, and they do this clever thing, too, where the mom doesn't even know who Charles Lee Ray is. Yeah. And one, that's a different era before everyone was so connected, but also it shows you how fucking busy she is. She doesn't have time to just sit and watch this shit.
1: I mean, in the Child's Play world, this could, like, it's fast, because they did this in the uh, 2018 Halloween, and I always was like, that has to be how, when they reboot Child's Play, how it goes,
0: is... Have you not seen the reboot yet? No, you are gonna be excited. I actually, I can't believe how bad people shit on it. They did go a very different direction,
1: but like they that, knew. like the the version, like when they did the podcast thing in Halloween, I was like, this is like fucking in that universe. The True Crime podcast of like the goody the the but the, the buddy, the buddy murders is just like probably shocking, but like that is exactly how I thought about like. 20 years from now, all these people are going to be talking about, like, oh, this doll murdered a bunch of people, and now we have to believe in voodoo and magic and all this other shit, but <laughs> it's it's a truly fascinating thing to watch this movie as a parent. Like, above all, like, actually, it's odd, like, my my wife's out of town this weekend, and I think that's, like... <laughs> It's almost hitting on a Great whole other
0: weekend to watch. Travis it's <laughs> a whole other
1: octave. i just like, oh my god! Like, and I'm like trying to like sit there like quietly watch it while he watches like his own shit and like not have him watch like murder upon murder and like a guy get electrocuted until he like fries. And I was just like, God, how do I like? But then I was also like holding my kid, like I love you, like I'll always probably believe you unless, of course, like like but that's I'm what sorry, it is. But this you're probably a little shithole. This, no. this movie does so much quite like we as the audience know the reality of the situation. And this is like, as I was reading Don Mancini, actually was like wanting to string the audience along a lot longer as to whether or not it was real or not. And I find that fascinating because indicting a child like that in a movie is very fat is very weird for one, because from the jump, we all see, we all see Andy as this like kind of as this victim, like, especially like, Getting on oh. the train and going out to, like...
0: Andy is an all-time cute kid in the movie. He's got yeah. that voice. But imagine The Exorcist, if at the end they're like, actually, she just really liked that crucifix. There was no devil. <laughs> and you're like, whoa! Right. Like, that's a insane movie. That's a very different movie. It also, like... say the kid did... That's the bad scene, which did it, like, 30 years before. Right, and
1: <laughs> also, like, this movie particularly pushing further... I think pushing further into the movie... And not making Andy sympathetic. This is why I'm glad, like, I understand what he would want to do, but I'm kind of glad Don Mancini went the other way with it. Because, honestly, pushing further into the movie and making Andy suspect does not do anything, doesn't do anything for the story, but also kind kind of ruins, like, half the movie for you. Because once you realize it's, we all know it's Chucky from the jump. Once everyone else starts realizing it, though, it becomes that much more terrifying. Because... As adults, we're all thinking like, like Chris Sarandon, like the guy who plays the cop. Chris Sarandon's literally like Sweat running cop. around, yeah. He's trying so hard to like not believe it. He spends the entire movie trying to like avoid believing what's way. happening.
0: We would literally all be the same way. Like, oh, yeah, totally. yeah, Okay, are right. you fuck? And then Chucky's stabbing us, and we're like, wait a sec, right?
1: And uh- like, <laughs> how like, exactly? Like, we're all the cops in this movie, just going. There's yeah. no fucking way on earth a doll mom but
0: it's what this is is, the thing right so to your point if they made it more of a a lifetime thriller is my son bad one you the 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 damocles sword of chucky in this film makes Uh this fucking thing work right because a kid being a murderer is about as equally as lame as the doll did it because again
1: (laughs) Yes, I love my kid.
0: I've never raised a hand to my kid. But if my kid stepped to me, I would turn him into pudding within two seconds. He would be a greasy spot like in Sin City, right? So there's no like, oh, if it's a boy, it's, you know, you're playing with innocence. And you get that either way. Watching Andy get railroaded for these crimes is way fucking... Scarier and more brutal. Absolutely. The scene when he's in the fucking asylum, trying to get his little stool holding the bars with his little fucking baby hands. Right, we all know if you have a kid, that little hand. Because like my six-year-old now, his hands have begin to morph like fucking American werewolf into like big hands. But the baby hand, the baby mm-hmm. fingers, they're wrapped around the bar in his cute voice. Chucky's coming to kill me, and we see Chucky coming to kill him. And the doctor's like, Oh boy, let me go get my shits." And Andy sinks to the floor, and he's like, don't leave me alone. And watching him just fucking cry and be horrified, it that scene today, what it, it just laid me low. And then you match that with the scene in the kind of OR, right, where Chucky jumps him. Yeah. And you see Andy, and it's I don't know if it's great kid acting or they just did what they needed to to get him there. But him with that little scalpel, right? Like Gage in Pet Cemetery. Yep. And he's trying, he's like going between this bewildered, horrified face to like uh, trying to put on like a tough face for the world that's fucking him over. And it's those little extra emotional beats you cannot milk out of the film if we are still having to believe 80% Andy did it. I agree.
1: I actually like the part where he's backing into the corner. Like he tripped over like a little thing. And yeah, I mean, that just fucking killed me. Like, honestly, like it's like
0: An- a baby playing at a man. It's Andy's
1: performance. Time. Like I, I have been on record on this pod. I hate kid actors. Like all of them. annoy <laughs> the fucking shit out of me. They're all terrible. Like, That's why,
0: you know, we're giving you the true shit.
1: <laughs> like I, I'm, I'm going to be honest. Like almost every child actor just, I think they all suck. Like, I'm sorry. Like, Actually, I think Griffey's also like, we've all said the same shit. Like it's just not
0: my, oh, I'm beyond amazed when a child actor is even kind of okay. Yeah. Like, I mean, and we've I've worked on sets with kid actors. Yeah. It's awful. It sucks. It's brutal.
1: Like, I think it's a matter and this is truly and honestly the thing like I've, I've been like, we've been around kid actors. Like it's a matter of presence and like being present in the moment and like they're kids like expecting kids to be present in the moment. You're like. There's only so many Dakota Fanning's in the world and eventually like they just vanish and that's part of life. Also
0: like, to be totally fair to the kids, a shitload of adult actors don't do that well No, either. yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, sorry.
1: and not to say that all kid actors are terrible, but I don't like all kid actors mainly because of like that kind of thing, but yeah, adults are terrible too sometimes. But like Andy's presence in that moment cuz yes, Andy at the very beginning of the movie, like I texted I texted you in the middle of the in the middle of watching it was like, dude, there is just nothing. Like, there's nothing redeeming about the like. I thought that actually, I forgot how this movie like opened up with uh, Catherine Hicks's character. I thought she was waking up from like a bender, and I'm like, Jesus Christ! (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
0: No, she's working doubles because that little fucking dipshit manager, dipshit
1: managers, like, oh,
0: you like having food for your child? Fucking
1: (laughs) also, like, again, this is like the amazing
0: how that guy didn't get got is one of the big horror movie misses of all time.
1: This is just one of those amazing time capsules of the 80s, too. Of, like, yeah, there's a peddler out back. I'm like, a peddler? Then they go down, and I'm like, (laughs) a homeless guy? (laughs) You had to
0: Google, what the fuck is a peddler?
1: (laughs) i was just like you mean a homeless guy yeah, a homeless guy's talking and me, shit and I you're just gonna buy that's it off the him?
0: guy in the mall who's like hey do you want to try this no stop no. interrupting me
1: yeah that's the new peddler that's the guy who's like trying to sell you like stuff coffee shop guys trying to sell you like toys that fly in the air and like uh dead sea sand and shit like that
0: yeah <laughs> dead sea sand. now i'd buy some dead sea sand <laughs>
1: it's true actually it's really good scrub. so You know what? I take that one back. Those guys take it back. You got peddled. You got got peddled. peddled. What do you want me to say? Hey, look, but also I'm not above imagine
0: that beat, though, because again, that's another of those moments that doesn't dawn on you. Because when I watched it as a kid, I was like, what a sack of shit his mom is. And my wife yep. was like, well, why? And I was like, I thought the she same put thing. one pair of jeans in the box that is the exact shape of the toy he wanted. Shitty,
1: that is so fucking And I was man.
0: like, that piece of shit. And then as an adult, you watch it now, and you're like, oh, well, yeah, man. Like, there are hard realities of, you know, hey, we got to pay for this big-ass apartment, and you yeah. like to have your cereal to eat so you don't starve to death. So, hey, man, I can't spend 100 bucks on a fucking creepy doll. <laughs> right. I can't. And I got you a toy set that can actually murder people. Isn't that cool? I want it. And well, then, I want the Chucky doll the moment, that comes with it. Yeah, Right. But those two are like new adult beats for me, right? That, that look of crushing disappointment oh, in their dude, face. That, and you're, oh, that
1: God. That hurt, man.
0: Yeah. It's and then like... the turnaround when she comes home, these aren't groceries. And he opens it and he holds it and he gives her that hug. And she won the day. Yeah, because And it sucks because you should win the day parenting by making sure your kid's alive and has food. Right. Right. And you could say that her capitalist instincts led them to the worst weekend of their life. But we all have been there as parents, right? That we is the all shout out to this pop. Moment.
1: Anyone who's listening who's a parent, you are doing a good job by feeding and clothing and be- making your kid happy. <laughs> Don't get them an animatronic doll that talks to them because this very well might happen. But this could be you. But like, I agree, though, there is like this really fascinating undertone of like how horrible is capitalism, because like even at the very beginning of the movie, like where they're chasing Brad Dorif down the street, which, by the way, the worst cops in Chicago. I'm sorry. Like (laughs) the cop drives right fucking past him. I'm like, all he did was had to hide behind
0: a fucking like metal metal pylon. No, but he gave the command and he said drive past the Lakeshore Strangler, get the wheel man. It's like, what? Like, wh- and then or they, they you could hit the guy with your over. car and yeah. p- incapacitate him. Yeah, run him over and then go get – They they get the wheel man, and he somehow walks out of County Lockup. <laughs> but the the opening is – I had essentially forgot that this is how it opened. I kind of oh, really? started with oh, the family. This, was in my like, this is I remember burned in my brain. brain. And I remembered the lightning bolt, right? So I remembered parts of it. I didn't remember it was like a a bigger thing, where you see these two men kind of playing their their little roles, right? This Uh game that's it's like very Nighthawks. This game's been going on. What is so funny to me watching it? You're like, I would have picked like a pet store. Or, like, a chainsaw store? I don't think I... Because, like, what if he went into the wrong <laughs> sorry, store? Sorry, i never and been to like, a chainsaw
1: store, but I see where you're getting at.
0: Well, sorry, man. You gotta move to real America where we have to buy tools to defeat nature. But you're like, what if he went into, like, he walked into, like, you know, the fucking sex treasure chest, and he's like, oh, no, I'm a butt plug now. And then he's, like, revealing himself to, like, some sexual deviant, he's like, actually, this is pretty right up. So the thoughts of what he could have become... <laughs>
1: Actually, what you're describing reminds me of that um, Shudder movie Slacks with two X's, like the um, possessed pair of jeans. Like, that's exactly what that is. Well, there's no
0: shortage of killers who get into other things. the the funny thing about this, though, is I had always somewhere in my mind begun to imagine how many times had Charles done this before. And this movie makes it pretty clear that Charles is the first iteration and learned this power right because we go to charles lee ray's apartment and we see these mm-hmm. ridiculous murals he's got on the wall right of him learning voodoo and i love that the murals on the wall are also great it's got a building. real
1: kevin spacey and seven vibe
0: but not only that because you learn a lot about this man because the first one we see is him like kneeling or doing like a, a ritual. And I was like, wow, really generous on the dick portions. <laughs> like, the dick looks like a Jimmy John sandwich. It bulges out in the middle. I was like,
1: this guy's right. pretty fucking. Not just a Jimmy John's. Like, the full Jimmy John's. Like, the one where they give you the whole loaf. <laughs>
0: the gargantuan, yeah. yeah. With the fucking roast the gargantuan. beef pouring out. That's the dick he gave himself. I don't know that that's exactly the dick yeah. he had. It's the then bootlegger turns club. turns the wall, right? And on the other wall is him. He looks like my brother's, like third grade notebook where he was drawing himself as a jacked muscle man. (laughs) And he's just like this huge guy with the fucking gargantuan sandwich dick. (laughs) And I was like, what the fuck? But it shows you a lot about this guy, right? That Charles Lee Ray is this God onto himself. Maybe he's not, maybe that's why he's going out and like serial. And I was like, that's a really kind of small detail. And I don't know that they intended the fucking massive dick drawing to be a giveaway into his psyche.
1: Well, it's interesting well, it because works. that bit, I thought about that, too, is that bit really translates through the rest of the movies. Because, like, how often does the like con- the concept and the conceit that Chucky's small, Chucky is a doll, like, he's easily, you know, kick him. Why not? Like, it literally is this bit that flies directly in the face of everyone who has that um, problem because he's... He's like he constantly has this like kind of like why don't I have a huge dick like it's part of the gag. Like <laughs> it's almost it's it's almost if that wasn't addressed in the first movie it's almost like it wouldn't um it wouldn't work moving forward. Like it would just be a joke that you'd like hit on every movie but mm-hmm. like because when you think about it extrapolated throughout the rest of the movie like of course he's got this fucking size issue now, man. Like,
0: but it's also a really fun inversion of the kind of takedown of slashers at the time is that all these dicks were these phallic extensions. And I was like, that was a really fun little detail to find in the film, right? Whether that's intended or not.
1: I love, I love the opening of this movie though. Like it is one of my favorite, it is one of my favorite horror movie openings because I
0: was trying to think, I'm like, this might be like a top 10 best horror movie opening. I mean, Halloween's right there. There are some other really good ones. Nightmare on Elm Street, but like it sets up
1: succinctly everything you need to know about what's going to happen in this movie.
0: Like absolutely not
1: like, and I'm not talking like not just Charles Lee Ray turning into the doll, but like that combined with the opener with Andy and Karen, like I cannot imagine a better 20 minutes spent setting up a movie. Like honestly, it's yeah it's fascinating to me that this isn't like a case study and how, how to set the diametric opposition of these characters. Like you have one person who is clearly not doing the right thing in this world. And like takes <laughs> the opportunity to like pervert the, pervert the ritual he's been learning. Like to the point where like, he, cause even the Dr. Death brings it up at the, at the end of the, which by the way, we'll get to it. It's my favorite. Yes. It's my favorite. I got part a lot about that. Yeah. But like, <laughs> It's a guy who perverts the ritual and he does, he desecrates the moment itself just so he can continue to live. Like it's this selfish action so that you can keep doing what you're doing. Conversely, we happen upon Andy who is selfless little boy who's trying to help his mom out. Clearly he knows like she needs a, she needs a pick me up. So he makes breakfast And, you know, it's his birthday and he's making her breakfast. Like, that's very sweet. That's very sentimental. That's very selfless. So you're rooting for Andy, which, again, goes to the credit. Like, it's important for us to root for Andy at the very beginning of the movie. And you already are. You're not rooting for Chucky. And you hope he died, even though you obviously know he didn't. Because otherwise the movie can't go on. But you're rooting for Andy from the jump. And that is something that I I, like. It's a perfect way to set up a franchise, let alone a movie.
0: Well, especially one with just this fucking insane gumball machine premise, right? Which is, you know, doll that kills people, right? What they do is they create this actual world of empathy, right? And they they go at it from this subtext of, you know, the, the breaking down of the, the mother-son unit being raised by TV. There are all these little cracks in the fence, right, that let the wolves in. And our innocence right. is always at threat, right? Because we're not that nuclear family anymore. And that becomes really fun. What they do, too, is there is an absolute – by him choosing that doll, that fucking stupid fucking little piece of shit doll, what they're doing <laughs> – and it, it's, it's weird because it's an inverse effect, right? So instead of this serial killer – and Bradley Dorff has right. one of the great, I'm going to take it to fucking 11 – acting faces right twisted with rage and pain and misery and his voice is fucking unbelievable when he screams at the the detective right right? it's fucking amazing so take that guy amazing and you're not going to do that anymore you're going to make him this little fucking stupid doll but what it is is it we're showing the movie begins then to every time we see evil there's this banality to it right mm-hmm. that there is just this it's everywhere around us it's really small they have that great kind of diploma two shot right that split diameter shit oh
1: yeah with the, 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 the soft focus yeah
0: yeah where she is um maggie the the friend is you know kind of sitting there like in the kitchen
1: mm-hmm. and
0: in the background just him and his fucking friend and the doll just turns its head and looks at the tv like it's fucking nothing and she's just sitting there and it's this evil's always there it's not this big fucking scary gargantuan sized dick you know muscle voodoo monster from a mural it's just always there right and when we even meet the witch doctor he's just a dude in a button-up right and it's and as that scene becomes one of the fucking scariest moments in any horror movie child's play as a a conceit Becomes so fucking next level scary. It's scarier than all of these other films. Because imagine the moment when she sees those batteries and Chucky turns on her, right? That's a classic all-time great horror movie scene. But what I don't think we spend enough time on is that's the moment the entire world breaks. This facade where she's part of this machine at this fucking counter and she's leaving her kid. And her kid's just a boy, and it's okay that he watches TV all the time. Um, Everything in society breaks. Now we know that there are gods. There are dark magic. Uh, God's real. Voodoo's real. And it becomes this thing where you're like, oh, shit. Everyone (laughs) in this movie is a stupid fucking face doll for this evil fucking god. (laughs) And it's really fucking intense like it it has that i think those movies where we subtly just admit that god is laughing his ass off at us yes that there's a god and let's say it's a christian god you know that's the american audiences that went to see this movie imagine a world where a christian god who's all-knowing and all-powerful says yes i'm going to write in the programming that a serial killer can become a murder doll and go kill this nice boy like not even Job got such a raw deal that sucks (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: that's just shitty
1: you're not wrong it's uh it is a <laughs> it is a horrifying confirmation that all of this exists all the things that you don't want to admit all the things that you privately don't want to admit exist. i think this is like this is always the thing that I i like about movies like this and movies that in general address like Not just the supernatural, but like the existence of it, like that things on this earth that can't be explained are not necessary. They don't have to be terrifying, but -hmm. I think what's interesting and especially in movies like child's play is like things on this earth that can't be explained are terrifying because not because like the devil exists, like, so to Mm -hmm. speak, like, let's say it's a Judeo Christian devil that exists. The thing that's scary is like you were saying is that God exists and allows this to happen. Like that is absolutely the most terrifying thing about movies like child's play and movies like Halloween, like these kinds of fascinations with what our conceit is, is like what good people deserve and what they don't need to get. And that kind of thing is what I think makes this movie. That's what makes these characters compelling because if like Karen was a shitty mom who literally like, yelled at her kids, sat her in front of the TV, sat him in front of the TV and like blew smoke in his face all the time. You'd want like, mm-hmm. man, I so badly want Andy. I so badly want Chucky to come to life and just fucking ace all the adults in the room. Like that yeah. is, I mean, they're fucking That's trash. that movie.
0: But they, that's the thing. You can't be mad like, at any of the adults when you start extrapolating out. You can't out be it. mad so, at the
1: adults, except for Maggie, who clearly is just trying to get out of there so she yeah. can get
0: pounded. That's it. Well, it's a, and not to be mean to our religious friends out there, but it's just the thing that never clicked with me. And no one's ever You're given me a great answer when I was a younger religious kid, because there's that quote I, I mentioned on the show a lot. Right. The uh whether God is real or isn't either answer is the scariest. And I'm like, nope, being alone in the universe is not nearly as scary as. There's some fucking Uber being that uses us as his fucking Fifi's. That's right. way scarier, oh, I right? Think that, so, yeah, like, and again, I... That throws everything in this movie out the way. <laughs> right.
1: No, I agree. Can we please talk about Dr. Death? Like, it's one of my favorite scenes in any movie ever. I... It's... Okay, first off, I love... I love when movies do this, especially horror movies, when they literally stop down the movie to like kind of break down the premise almost and this is a really fascinating thing and i had totally forgotten the mythos of this which is that as long as chucky stays chucky he becomes more human
0: yes which that's cool well also there's this glaring thing that i can't believe it doesn't bother more of us at the start of the movie where you're just like how did this white guy learn voodoo? <laughs> like, right. We gotta like we kind of let it go for an another, hour. And yeah. then they're like, like ah,
1: right. So you see what the actual origin of that is. But again, I had totally forgotten that as he stays in the body, he becomes more human. But like, this has one of my top five favorite kills in movies ever. Mm. Like horrifying. Cause also, yeah. Like Dr. Death. Come on. Like who the fuck? Why, why would you show anybody where your voodoo doll was? It's the stupidest thing ever.
0: Character building, because it shows you that Charles Lee Ray can infiltrate and gain the trust of anyone, right? This is, should be a pretty shrewd man who knows that we're right. God's fifis, right? He should be a little more hip to <laughs> Babylon or whatever the fuck was written. Thank you, Babylon, for letting us fight death. Like, whoever the fuck, this guy should know. And somehow, Charles Lee Ray was able to get in close enough to get all the fucking secrets and know where his mojo was. Right. And also just the symbolism of Chucky being a toy who kills him with his little voodoo doll. With his
1: own toy. Oh,
0: my right. God, dude. That You know, we're all these fucking toys reinforcing that. I I just fucking thought that was brilliant.
1: The man. bone break stuff always gets me. I ha- There's yeah. absolutely nothing in a movie that will gross me out more oh, or God. make me more uncomfortable than just like bones breaking like that. Oh, my God. Yeah.
0: Well, because I used to, I remembered the scene. and I was like, well, that guy gives up the information pretty quick. And you're like, yeah, you wouldn't even, as soon as I saw that doll, I'd be like, chill. What do you want to know? What do you want
1: to know? I will literally unlock the secrets of the universe for you if you give me that
0: doll. Yeah, coffee, chat. Like, I got you. How do you take it? I don't know because you're a doll now. I don't want (laughs) to melt your plastic mouth. Whatever you need. But the concept of him reverting to a a deformed human, demonic... Little doll man. I almost wish that had made it into the movie. And I got to say the effects work and how they pulled Chucky off mm-hmm. is exceptional. 1988 work.
1: man. That is pretty, it is pretty oh, aus- it's outstanding.
0: An exceptional blend of full body moves. When to go full body POV, just the feet, just it's, they do a great job. They do. I mean, but it's, the one shot of a deformed little Bradley door <laughs> would have just made it like top five best movie I would have I, <laughs> I would have paid
1: I would have paid right. so much money to see like yeah a little Brundlefly fly of Brad Dorf <laughs> as he's like reverting to Jackie. I picture
0: it like uh god. yeah that opening scene Damn it, now that's exactly the movie Rabbit, I want Shit. where they cut and it's like a cartoon set and the baby's like where's my smokes
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh my god
0: please <laughs> oh but yeah that would have been exceptional um yeah what do you make of <laughs> all right we got to talk about the cops
1: i mean i've already stated my case the police in this movie are utter
0: garbage like i mean they catch the strangler they seem real not good at their job after that a lot of uh yucking it up in the house of uh Murdered okay. lady who a kid can we talk about
1: see? the one cop who clearly is on the job and he's just sitting there reading the fucking paper when she walks in? And is like, guys, at least be professional. Another
0: shot at a modern system of authority. It's right, the bonkers. three cops that just look at her slack jaw doing nothing in her living room.
1: You're right. I mean, and then there's uh, there's Chris Randon's partner who's got a lot of mustaches and sweaters.
0: He plays essentially a, a smart mouth teenager who's wearing a prop yeah.
1: mustache. He's got a real like. He's got like the worst Judd Nelson impression going on. Like that's really yes. kind of like what's going on. Yes. Um, he, yeah, it's really. <laughs> this is like, but the, like his like sort of aloofness is what makes the ending almost land. It's it's very weird. Like I like I love the ending to this movie. Like I think that yeah. that kind of like that's just. That's an all-time ending. That's fun. Like that's fucking watching yeah. a guy shoot a doll. And it's just like the blood splatter. Like I love that effect. Like that's one of my all-time favorites, <laughs> but like, it's ridiculous. It makes no, like I could not, as it goes back to what we were saying, in the very beginning of the pod, like this should not work at all. And yeah. yet at the end, I see a doll like go limp flinging, flinging against the wall. I mean, so granted, Really, the 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 best note is Andy being like uh, when he's just like, "I'll be your friend forever." He goes,
0: "Why? Come on, why did they not just end there?" That right? is when exactly he goes, the this ending. Is the end, friend. friend? And I was like, "Oh my god, that is a yeah,
1: fucking mic Andy, drop, man!"
0: That was an absolute like, "Who's got the gargantuan sized dick sandwich now, baby?" <laughs> Andy, right? My nuggets <laughs> dropped mid-adventure, and I'm the man now. I totally. That agree. was so good. But there's almost like a small amount of work they had to do where this gets back to one of my favorite things in movies is you start imagining you're like the next like three days after the movie ends are going to be way more interesting. That's not the case for the murder doll movie. But you do start to wonder, Okay, they run in cop down cop stabbed. He's with her. The kid just escaped the asylum where the psychiatrist got nuked. And that's one of the first times we see Chucky really gleefully killing someone to turn this to come. Right. Uh, so what happens when the cops show up to this crime scene? Oh, CPS right. one way or another, he's not just walking away. So bringing in a comedy sidekick cop becomes this way where now you have two police officers that are going to have to make the choice do we tell the truth? Right. And they have that great exchange where they're in on the joke of the movie with us uh-huh. when he's like, now do you believe me? And he goes, yeah, yeah I believes you. Yeah. But who's going to believe me? And it's, that is the fucking fun. And that's letting you know, they knew exactly what was fucking scary about this movie. There's nothing scarier than knowing the truth. You say the truth out loud and someone goes, what? You're crazy. Yeah. Right? Like that must, it's weird. Cause we live in a time now where I think everyone thinks they're a victim of that. Right? Like with the internet culture, everyone thinks they know the truth and no one listens, but it's, it's a pretty universal fear.
1: Everybody thinks they know the, their version of the truth, whatever the truth yeah. may be, the truth is out there, all that kind of shit. It's absolutely fascinating that this movie really addresses, like you're saying, the, the, the gag of the whole movie, which is, do you actually believe this? Can you convey this in a meaningful way to another adult who wasn't there? And will they believe you? Like it's the ultimate boy who cried wolf. You have to believe them because it happened. But like one too many times, like this kid is clearly, I mean, you know, we're all adults. We would walk into the room and be like, this kid clearly has problems and we're all taking him to the insane asylum right now.
0: Well, the one thing she didn't do that every parent I know would do would be like, Oh, Chucky murdered my friend? You'd rip the head off that doll and it'd be in the dumpster. You'd be like, fuck this doll forever. Don't ever talk about Chucky again. Well, I was thinking
1: also, (laughs) I mean, that kid would just be loaded up with all kinds of meds at this at this at this point. This kid is just like
0: Oh, that psychiatrist fucking tried. He had that reanimator syringe.
1: (laughs) Oh no. Like they would have already like they literally would have had that fucking Valium on standby for the mom. But like, you take that, you enjoy that. Like that's gonna be that's going to be yeah, very important brutal, later. Man. But that's... But
0: that's... This is kind of one of the other... And this is the thing. I think this movie is always working at maximum efficiency. Because the idea of Chucky being made more manifest as his mom believes him, as the detective believes his mom, right? This this becomes this self-fulfilling prophecy, right? Where the more right. people believe him, the more real and corporeal Chucky's becoming, The more Charles Lee Ray he is than this fucking little doll. And I I think the movie, I think most of us look back, and I think it has a similar issue that Nightmare on Elm Street has, right? Where we look back and we love Freddy. But we all think of Freddy now the way we think of Bugs Bunny. He's a child murderer and rapist, right? Who brutally murders children with a knife glove hand. And you can buy a plushie of him at Target. Yes. Right? Not... 20 feet away from the, the baby toy aisle, usually. And that's just because that character became so popular and Robert England delivered such a performance, it became so captivating that the math became we're really there more to have fun with Robert England than right. to be scared and examine humanity anymore. And that's what sure. happened to Child's Play because. When that doll, as you said, right, when it's a, just a doll and the batteries aren't in, that's scary. we all like, ooh. Like, I'd do that oh, I'll yeah. hear a toy go off in the middle of the night because they're all motion activated Terrifying. or whatever. My dog's moving around and a toy's like, boo boo, And you're like, well, that's probably a demon and I'm dead. <laughs> right? But when it turns, and one of the things this movie, whoever crafted that face, right? Because I'm sure there's a lot of, what should Chucky look like when the human comes out? Right. They captured that Bradley Dwarf thing so perfect. perfectly. The fucking rage and madness on Chucky's face. Like when he comes alive, he's like, you fucking piece of shit, I'll show you to fuck with me. Oh yeah. And then it's like when he hits the ground and he rolls like eight times, you're like, that's so stupid. But they'll cut back to his face. You're like, oh.
1: But oh, see, God. like it like that, honestly, like the rolling of the like, that doesn't seem that seems just as scary as like Reagan. Doing like walking up and uh, walking on her hands up and down the stairs
0: like that. That was the vibes I got, you know, for sure. I mean, it's just there's it's it's this weird concept that shouldn't work, but does. And I think it's just one of those. They just happen to make almost exclusively the right choice at every turn. Well, I mean, it's like.
1: You know, Kevin Jaeger's the guy who created um, the Chucky face. Like, he's the guy who did the... He's not the guy who did the animatronics, but he's the makeup department person who created the doll itself. So, like, this is the same guy who started with Freddy on our favorite Nightmare on Elm Street, which is number two, of course. Um, but, like, this is... This is an art. Like, that's the art to me. Is like, that face is so filled with evil. And knowing... Taking the right cues from Brad Dourif's face, which is like, I don't know, man. I want to say like one of the most expressive faces you've ever seen in films. I mean, just like,
0: watch the Exorcist three jail scene and it's like, what the fuck?
1: Yeah. Like he is just he is expression incarnate, which is a weird thing to say because everyone expresses themselves. But like he literally is just his face is an expression.
0: So it's writing another story on top for, of what he's saying. It's insane.
1: Yeah. Yeah for them to, yeah it's like it's it's just for them to take that and take like the things that he can do like just with his eyes honestly it's always the eyes for chucky that freaks me out like those eyes are so vicious and hateful yeah it, it always it's always a thing and i think that's probably what it what makes that's what makes chucky truly like the the the, the, bold, the bald face chucky when he's just the doll is terrifying enough because it's Right. It's just a thing looking around. It has no, it's void of emotion. But, and normally, like, I think, like, I think back to, like, the talkie Tina thing from, um, the talking doll bit from, uh, Twilight Zone. Twilight Zone, like, this is, like, the first instance of, like, evil doll thing. And, like, that's scary enough because everyone is, like, the guy is terrified of it. That never changes faces. And I think a lot of the time that, like, hollowness in those kinds of looks is what's scary this is the only movie I can think of that changes the face. And it is so amped up. It It is so much worse. Like it scares right. the living shit out of me.
0: Well, cause there's a bit to Chucky, right? Like we see him in the elevator where that old lady's like ugly doll. He's like, fuck you. <laughs> right. So there's a, a, a real just hatred for everything with him. Right? right. And I think this movie flies in the face of conventional wisdom, which is, in almost an impunable or an almost indescribable way, right? Right. What you don't see is scarier than what you see. It's right. almost a universal truth, right? That the moment you see the monster or the thing, it's just not as scary. This is the one time where, because the, the the bald-faced Chucky, right? The big fucking dopey, chubby face Chucky, Chucky, chucky right uh is really Same fucking thing. scary because you're like oh my god it's watching tv it's whispering nothing's in andy's yeah. face and it becomes scary because as they're like telling people oh my god this is a serial killer trapped in here if the doll doesn't respond you look even crazier so that's all a level of tear when chucky emerges and we see the tear within now it is working like The Exorcist, right? Where the demon emerge it's sad enough watching the girl go through it. When right. the demon emerges from the girl and the two are trans uh transposed on each other, it's really fucking scary. And not a lot of movies completely nail the when we un or unmask the evil within, it's mm-hmm. gonna still be scary. And I think that moment became really iconic, right? And you know sometimes that works and sometimes it doesn't but i think to your point they just they knew exactly what chucky's face needed to represent and it's it's that the movie constantly attacks it's one of those great ideas that everyone hears and they go i would watch that movie right but when it comes time to give your dollars you're like come on really a fucking cabbage patch all right (laughs) But what this movie does is it constantly dismantles. It's like, oh, and your God is a lie. Chaos reigns, right? right? The end is here. Every step of the way they dismantle
1: it. Every step. Yeah.
0: And then it's like, oh, now look at this doll's face. Is that fucking funny to you? Oh, now everyone thinks you're crazy. They're taking your kid away. It constantly is steering right into the curve. Right. And so everything you want to hold against the movie becomes a weapon for the movie to scare you more. And it's it's just this perfect blend of character, and it's fucking weird, and it's funny, and it just kind of all congealed together in this fucking perfect bit of madness. I'm not kidding when I told you. I was like, I think this is one of the hardest, most impressive feats I've ever seen in a horror film. that they I don't made disagree. Miswork. There's a lot of evil toy and doll movies. Not a fucking one of them. Holds a candle to Chucky. He's the king of this subgenre. Yeah. Right? There are great entries. None of them do what Chucky does. And it's not because of the Freddy Chucky to come. It's because of this fucking Chucky in this movie. And, yeah, I mean, it it bore a pop culture phenomenon, an entire franchise.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's amazing. The fact that it works, we're sitting here 20 years later talking about it. That is, that is a test. 30 years. That is a testament, man. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean that's the thing it's it's the first movie that scared the fuck out of me and I went on to live my life as a person who I love horror movies more than any other movies they always work for me I feel like a lot of us we got scared that first time and we're always chasing that feeling that that unknown that unsafe right we want to see the the underbelly and so I think it's really cool man that you know all these years later Having a kid as my own, I get to re-watch and re-enjoy and re-be scared by the movie that started it all for me and honor it with this podcast. Hopefully, we did a good job. Uh, It was definitely awesome. We've been wanting to do Child's Play for a while, so this was amazing.
1: This was was a good start to this month of a beast.
0: Yeah, that's it, guys, for Child's Play. That's not it for Chucky. Again, guys, every day this month, 31 days, 31 pods. That's how we do October here on the film alchemist uh we have Tell taken the first step we're off the cliff we're falling into the abyss uh our october month of madness evil's plaything. uh i hope you guys are ready for all the fun thank you for staying with us thank you for all your support find us on patreon.com slash pod if you want to help us a little more get a little deeper into the alchemist uh, cove as it were the cave cove alchemist Kid. we'll think of a catchier hangout location subscribe to the youtube film alchemist email the show film alchemist pod at gmail.com find us on all the socials you're on more than anything gird thy loins for tear tomorrow child's play too